So yeah, I'm not, I, I encourage more and more companies to open up because you're going to learn. I learned, I have, that's the benefit when you train people is as a teacher, you still learn. You're going to go, why the hell are you doing it that way? And they explain it to you and you're like, hmm, that's actually better than our way. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking that from you. Sorry. And yeah. I'm going to start training everybody else to do the same thing. Growing your home service business can be a pain in the ass, but we know you want to grow. On the Home Service Leaders Podcast, we interview leaders in the home services to find out how they're building their companies so you can too. So for 2021, I want to talk a little bit about uh, appliance repair and, and specifically like the academy. How are you guys preparing for or what adjustments have you made to make sure that the academy is relevant today and continuing into next year? Our pivot with the academy is to focus on online training. Our ultimate goal, if I just said, give me a blank check and 100 instructors and I can just, this, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Our goal is to try and take our three-week courses that we were doing in-house and help others do it at their house. Not necessarily mm-hmm. their house, but their business. So the, the initial part is the, at least getting the knowledge stuff down. Uh, so we're creating a, uh, interactive reference guides, essentially, that are based off customer complaints and trying to just get someone up to speed to where... They, God forbid, they, you have to send them on the road tomorrow. We wouldn't recommend doing that, but you're going to do it, especially if you're a self-servicing dealer. If you were servicing what you sell, you you, you got two options. You're either swapping the unit, which, <laughs> or we're fixing it. So that means, yes, I understand you only have a week experience. Get out there. So our courses aren't just about teaching you in the moment. You can go back to the course and look up something specific. Oh, I can't remember how to check a split phase dryer motor. Cool. There it is. You'll, you'll search for it right in there. Uh, that's been our focus. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to really achieve that. Our hope is, is all the, the worst case scenario is, is that we're going to have less classroom time when we reopen on uh, live classes. We're going to spend right. even more time tearing stuff apart, which mm-hmm. is really the most popular part of our classes is the hands-on application. But yeah. we have to make sure that you understand what you're doing, not going to hurt yourself. So if we can try and do some of that stuff ahead of time before you come our way, we can re- we can do even more in less time. That's been the the goal is to try and flip that we've always had online in the background but it's just our live classes were just selling all the time we were running classes every month and we just couldn't put the resources towards it we were spending more time uh improving the uh, live classes itself so that's where we're at now um and we've got washers uh specifically front top load and dryer gas and electric so we have laundry uh that we can teach you those basic uh, fundamentals on uh, online at any time do it at your own pace how much do you feel like moving online I've heard this again and again. The pandemic has not changed things. It has accelerated things. Uh, I, I'm an Andrew Yang guy. I'm not going to get political here. Red, <laughs> blue. I don't really care what the color is, to be quite honest. I just loved what Yang had to say. Yang would spell out the fact that this is, you know, he's he's exactly in that camp saying that this has only exacerbated the issues that we were already experiencing. Yeah, I... I, I I'm trying to think of a specific example to lean on, but it, it, it just shows that the, the flexibility of owners wasn't good enough. How many restaurants closed when they should have went to delivery service? That, that just, I couldn't wrap my brain around it where they just kind of folded their hands and said, no, Uber and DoorDash need to fix this system and give us more of a cut and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, guys, that's their app. Like, you can't tell these folks what to do. Why don't right. you just do your own? You could go to Google My Business, set up a little link. There's all these free softwares where you could set up a delivery schedule, set up your own menu, take your own goddamn pictures, and post it. 
and get done. You're done. You're safe now. You could do that. All could have been done in April. Right. Yet businesses are still today haven't taken those steps and they're still going, oh, someone needs to bail us out. No, guys, like you got to start adapting and they're not doing and that's the, all that same stuff. I still was always surprised pre-COVID that people weren't doing delivery more. Yeah, I just never could wrap my head around that, except for the fact that I understood the people in charge of those specific businesses like the model that I have to I have to think I have to think about how we're going to engage these new streams of revenue. Um, I'd rather just sit back and just let how it currently works. I I respect that. But you can't you can't go can't be upset now because you chose to sit back. And that's where, uh, yeah, I firmly believe that this just accelerated stuff for sure. I said a few things. I actually uh, said this about 10 minutes ago in our uh, conversation, but I was like, look, the benefit of capitalism is that you get the opportunity to serve anyone you want, basically in any way you want, as long as you can convince them that it's worth it. But that freedom comes with equal risk, which is if you are ever not the best way, then you don't get picked. Like your tribe has shockingly less loyalty than you think they do. hundred <laughs> percent. Again, COVID proved that. There's the, it's not even a debate. Why are right. all these restaurants closed? They're all local, local people. You probably knew them. How many times you go there to eat? Oh, you can't afford it. That's baha. So yeah, it's stuff like that. It's just, uh, it's it's a shame, but at the same time, it's it seems to be a cycle. These things seem to always keep coming around. It's just, is it a pandemic that causes it? Is it mismanagement at the treasury? You know, right. or uh, stock market stuff like that. So inevitably, the system that we live and die on currently. This is, I mean, this is the state of things as we know it, and it has been the state of things. This is both how we got here and so far where we have to go, which is, hey, we've all agreed to live under a structure where we get nearly infinite opportunity on the way up and a total free fall on the way down. And it's totally up to you. The, I would I would argue there that this has also revealed that this statement that I just made is not always true. And there's a lot more nuance to that. But the basic idea is supposed to be infinite up total free fall down, right? If you screw this up, you're dead and you go out of business and that's all there is. And so, and we're watching that. We're literally watching like, oh, you, uh, you picked up Uber Eats or you picked up DoorDash or you pick up whatever that's like delivering your food. Cool. I'm going to continue ordering from you. Oh, I have to show up and I have to, you have a dining room open and that's the, uh, I'm not even going to bother. Your menu's wrong in these apps. That yeah. always drove me nuts too. How do you not... Yeah, I know I'm preaching to the choir with this stuff, but like, yeah, that that kind of stuff just drives me nuts. Where it's just like, well, yeah, no wonder you're closing. Yeah, your memory right. is inaccurate. The pricing's not right. You know, there's all these reasons for me not to buy from you. You're giving yes. me all these opportunities to leave. Yes, you're giving me so many. That's oh man, that's so good. You're giving me so many opportunities to leave. Oh, I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna. You're gonna get a little dash in your name after that one. <laughs> so if you're, I, I'm sorry refocusing again on the, um, I said this to you before we started recording, but I was like, man, we could probably have this conversation all day. Well, and I get on tangents, so I don't mind you constantly bringing us back to center. No, no problem. So you guys are focusing on that. I just mentioned this capitalism thing. Um, the whole point of me saying that is to basically ask you this question. This is true both for, I'm asking this for you and I'm also asking it for how you're training business owners. Does the shift to online present a moment where you've effectively opened the room to 
400% more competition than you had. As far as competition as a service company or as a, as a educator? As a service company. No. <laughs> right. the, reason, the reason I say no so casually like that is because we've trained our own competition at the academy in our own service market. The guys huh. that literally can take money out of my pocket, I've trained their techs. It just doesn't matter. There's, two, there's, two major, there's three, actually, in our Cleveland market. All of them have sent text to our academy. They've heard of our pitches and how we operate, how we run. I haven't seen them take market share from us, though. But <laughs> sorry, guys, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> but, still, but seriously, though, that's just, you know, uh, more, what, what's the worst case scenario that we're going to do is I'm going to have more better qualified techs working mm. in the marketplace. And we need mm. it. It's not a matter of uh, that I can get picky and just worry about ourselves. There's not enough of us. So, so if we lose two techs, we're in tough. We're all every company you talk to that would lose a couple field techs. It's a tough battle at that point, especially with COVID just randomly saying, hey, two weeks now, you're going to lose this tech. So right. it's just you get this. We need as many as we can get. Uh, once we get to a point where there's techs on a tree that I can just go to a farm and pick them off. OK, maybe maybe we'll start bringing this in house and we're not going to train people anymore. But we got a few decades to go, I think, before we're at that point. So, yeah, I'm not I, I encourage more and more companies to open up. Because you're going to learn. I learned, I have, that's the benefit when you train people is as a teacher, you still learn. You're going to go, why the hell are you doing it that way? And they explain it to you and you're like, hmm, that's actually better than our way. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking that from you. Sorry. And yeah. I'm going to start training everybody else to do the same thing. Right. Both the blessing and the curse of our training is that we're learning from you, which means we're going to teach you, but also we're going to disseminate what you just said across everything else. Yeah, but it's a it's an open thing. Like we say right out of the gate, like this is we're here to learn. We're here mm -hmm. to share. You know, the difference between us is it, we're going to go back to those little things. That's what's going to separate the customer picking you versus me. Are you going to take the time to have the procedures in place to communicate by text and have the web chat, all that? Are you going to do you're not going to do that? All right. Yeah, I'll train you all day. <laughs> Something that we have done uh, at More Leads Online, you focus heavily on Appliance Repair Academy. You also, frankly, have your own appliance repair company. Yes. Confirm. Yep. And also you run a marketing company that specializes, obviously, in this. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, you're willing to go wider in the home and trade services, similar to us. I have a, same, I have a similar uh, statement about what you just said which is technically aren't we like aren't you and I competing and I would say technically yes and there's no freaking chance that we can serve everyone who needs our support cuz they're not even done growing right like i we need to make 100% more techs that is exactly why fluid services exists i was teaching we kept hearing horror stories about how people are running their businesses. We'd have owners come and take the class because some of them would buy a company and they're like, I just need to have a kind of an idea what the hell these guys are talking about. Others, I'm just starting my own, but whatever. Every single one of those owners would open up our eyes to all these challenges that they're having. And it's like, well, how's our academy going to get more students? We can't get yeah. more. So most of our students come from people that are already hired. We don't tend to get general public people. It's not a sexy job. People aren't graduating from high school and going on Instagram going, yo, man, I'm going to be going to fix washers. <laughs> like, that's just, that's, that's not happening, you know? So the, the, the general public isn't interested in our 
our career and they're not interested in a lot of trades so it's not just us obviously so but once they once they come through the the, the ropes of an established company that's where we're seeing a lot of the 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 students for us and these established companies we want to help them run better because you're going to run better guess what it means you're going to have to hire more techs and then that means more work for us so it's a it's we're i say that right out of front when you're working with fluid you're basically just giving us the money so we can invest in better tools so you guys can make more money so you can send me more techs yeah it's like an altruistic flywheel like, like that makes a ton of sense to me The as you're, so I think I understand it in what you just said, but something that we did as more leads online. So we're like, oh, we're this, we're this marketing company. We want to specialize in the home and trades. We have, I often make this joke. I'm like, oh, marketing companies are actually operations in disguise. And we just said this earlier where it's like, I can tell you on your website if you have traffic that you should be engaging, but you're not because we, you didn't, you told me I couldn't put live chat on your site. And like, that's a, that's a real conversation. I asked a dozen people at the beginning of 2020, can I put live chat on your site? I spent six months researching the absolute best, easiest system. I got, I found one where a person could live chat on the site and it would send a text, a real text, not like an app an actual text and the person could text back and they were like, nah, we don't want to deal with it. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, like I, what, what, I, what was I going to say? I'm not going to fight the business owner. Right. I actually casually joke with most people when they tell me no to stuff and just say, Hey, that's cool. You're just giving me a scapegoat when you come to me and say, you're not getting enough work. Cause I'm going to say, have you done this yet? Oh, you haven't. Yeah. Great. Then let me know when this is done and we'll move to the next task, you know, so that, that it's, it's sad that it has to get to that point. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what, the, especially when you were willing to conform it to make it work for a technician lifestyle, because a lot of owners are out on the road. So they are afraid of adding additional applications for them to manage and you're going to spoon feed them by text. And they still said no. So we partnered with this company called Garage Starts. And they're out of upper Minnesota. And the whole idea for Garage Starts is that they really focus on helping a company scale from zero to three million. And that, like, that's their specialty is we'll take you from zero to three million. And that really, that's my career specialty too. Like I've historically been a consultant or a fixer or grown my own, built my own businesses. And yeah, I, but I, I've sort of historically capped out around that three million mark where once you get to that point, like I really need to bring in like a bigger, stronger team to sort of grow after that. But I can kind of like wrestle with force up to 3 million my, totally by myself, as long as other people will like do their jobs. And <laughs> so we said, um, okay, well, what we're going to do, because we have the opportunity all the time, right? Who are you going to go partner with? And we were like, oh, we could go partner with Bright Local, or we could go partner with our hosting company, or we could go partner with another web design agency, or we could go partner with, and we said, we're going to go partner with a business consulting company. We're going to go partner with a zero to three million specialty owner focused uh, coaching, consulting, uh, a little bit of that boots on the ground, right? And we said, that's, that is what we're going to go and make sure that we have next is we're going to push this owner conversation out of our hands and we're going to hand this over to this consulting company who specializes in this 
And that's the pairing that we think is the most incredibly useful to our customers. We know the work we do reflects who we are as a company, and the quality of our podcast is no exception. We know how to get more leads online for home service businesses, which does not make us podcasting experts. We know some of you would love to have a podcast, but you don't know what to do, and it's exhausting to wade through the internet crap flood trying to find someone you can trust. That's why we partner with BlackBerry Media, a podcast production company who is so good at this stuff that we do feel like experts sometimes. If you're like us and want someone who will guide you in building an awesome podcast, go to blackbearmedia.net. Tell them More Leads Online sent you for a special offer. And so that was going to be my question to you is, you've built a marketing company sort of as that next piece that you said, my customers desperately need something else besides the academy. They need this marketing company too. And so where else do you think customers that between you and I, where can we take a next step and go, this is the most useful thing for business owners. So anyone listening to this podcast would say, it would be great to hire those guys as marketing agents, or it would be great to hire those guys uh, to send my text to the Fred's Appliance Repair Academy. If you were going to recommend one other potential partner, who would you recommend them to? Hmm. Another partner. I guess it depends on the overall question. So if it's a matter of, I just want someone to generally help us. I, I, I guess my thing with me is I always lean on software. It's how I'm able to do a lot for little uh, labor um, is because of the tools. And uh, I hate to give somebody help, a shout out that doesn't need it, but Google, specifically Gmail. That's probably when I talk to a company, if, okay, let me back up. Uh, you're, you're a student at our academy and you're like, I want to start my own business. My first comment is don't. <laughs> That's my first comment is don't do it. Because I usually already know at that time when they ask me how long they've been doing this and you've been doing it for two weeks. Don't. I'm sure you could do it. I'm sure it will go fantastic. You need time. You need to learn how to fix stuff first. Fred, our our founder, uh, Adam's dad, who's uh, the primary owner, he started his own business when he was a kid with his brother. But I mean, he went to Sears, worked there for like a decade. Then that's when Fred's really started. And a lot of those procedures that he learned at Sears carried over to us and ultimately educated us when we were younger uh, that, hey, Sears, they ship parts direct to their customers. We should probably consider doing something like that. And, you know, and we're one of the few companies that still does it, um, where most companies are shipping to a centralized hub and then they distribute themselves, which why would I do that? UPS was way better at that than me. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it, it was that kind of stuff. And that all came from him taking the time to learn from a big company and getting and perfecting something, just being really good at it. Fred is a, is a great leader, but he is a technician. That's where his skill set was always his best. He never wanted to do the technology stuff. He, he knew he needed it, but it wasn't his forte. He'd learn it, dabble in it, but then that's where his son, Adam, and myself, we took that stuff on and helped him complete that side of it. Going back to your question, it's a matter of just telling people to focus on that specific trade until your leadership that you're working for is just not, you can clearly see it. And, and I should, at that point, it's not something you need to ask somebody's opinion on. It's going to be, 
man, I could probably, oh, we're not texting our customers. We're not getting back to them. We're not following through. There's just all these procedural issues. That's a leadership problem. So that's where there could be an opportunity. And maybe it's you do it internally instead of opening up a new company. All that stuff just varies. So my short answer is just focus on a on a specific thing and, and not even try and get into to owning your own business. I, I, it's such a it's such a monumental task that most people just don't understand what it's going to take. Do you do you know HR? Do you know what that takes and payroll and insurance? Have you ever done an insurance claim before? No, no. Okay, let's back up. Let's work for some work for somebody small. Learn about those challenges. The reason I'm confident in starting my own business with Fluid, uh, branching off from the academy, is because I worked at, serv- at Fred's Service at a young age, and I learned and I saw damage claims, insurance stuff, payroll issues, all these challenges that are very- just like you when you were working at your parent. We, we were exposed to that stuff. We don't get taught that stuff in school. There is no classes for any of this shit. Right. So it's experience. Yeah, and that's what really... Time. Yeah, that's my primary thing. Get more, get your feet, get so bored with the current path you're on to want to go do something else. And then you'll be, then they're much more likely to be successful because you're going to be hungry, you're going to have focus, and you're not going to get bogged down with some of these other things. Fred, wherever he had to learn, he didn't have to at least know how to fix a washing machine. He knew that part. That part, I'll tell you on the phone, wherever I got to do it. But it was then like, all right, here's this situation. We damaged this person's floor. <laughs> you know, how do we handle this? Do we want to go to the insurance company? Do we want to try and pay out of pocket? Do we, what's the, you know, so like it's all that stuff nobody sees until yeah. it actually starts to hit them. So I, my, I just always encourage not to go that route. I think I answered your question. See, I go on tangents. So. No, it's, I'm, so I, I caught at least three things I'm going to quote. Like, uh, we always turn, I mean, we always turn our, we follow the Gary Vaynerchuk model of content production, which is to do something like this. It's a huge piece of content. There's so much value here. Go make sure that I get someone who every couple of sentences out of their mouth and basically going to be able to write it down and be like, we could probably just do this. And like, that's going to be good. So like, you're just, uh, yeah. Uh, but you basically like, you just speak in value, right? Like I'm just pulling it out of you left and right. And then I'm going to go take that and I'm going to put it all over the place. Like I'm going to transcribe this and it's going to go as a blog post on my website. I'm going to chop this up into a bunch of clips. Those are all going to go out on social. Like, and so basically you just handed me fodder for weeks though. Like every time you go on a tangent, I'm like, that was four quotes. Like those are solid. I'm going to repeat that. I'm going to stick that in our documentation somewhere and I'm going to post it on Instagram. I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee as well. He's very, um, we, we, we speak the same language. When he started, when I would first hear him speak, I'm like, hmm, yeah, I like, yeah. It's like he's yeah. been in my meetings. <laughs> it's like, gee, yeah, his, his value approach, man, that is, it's something very hard for businesses to understand. It's so you sometimes going to have to give shit away for free. You know, it's just, it's not a matter of, you know, you have to educate. How else is anyone going to know that you bring value unless you start to show it? One of the things that I've made a stand on. So we have two more. I have another question. I want to focus specifically on marketing. And then I have another section that we've added since you've been here last, which I call quick fire questions. One of the things that I did at More Leads Online is I looked at everything that marketing companies were doing on the whole. And I said, what can I do that's different, that's incredibly valuable to my customers, really focusing on the customer themselves? And I said, I know marketing. And so I could teach them marketing. And I thought about that for a long time. 
And I looked at a lot of other marketing companies and went, every marketing company teaches you about marketing. I want to get them experts to help them run their own companies better. Not by learning about marketing, but by learning about business, the realities of business today, how they need to adjust for things, how to treat customers, little things like the idea of texting. I think this is a true value that I can bring. And like, it's going to be an expense to me. I'm not going to necessarily see a direct return on this, but I think it's the most valuable thing I can provide as an educational thing. And so that idea of what you just said and our decision to do this was like, we do need to teach. We do need to bring that value. We, we have to be doing that. On the flip side, let's focus really, yeah. I was going to say real quick that, you know, most of my conversations with clients, even if it is a marketing conversation, it always yeah. pivots right into operations because sadly, most of their questions are derivative from that. So yeah, you're you're sniffing in the right area, I believe. That's most of my conversations. I don't I I barely talk about the actual marketing services that they're hiring me for. So from that, from exactly what I just said and what you just said, you run this marketing business, you found that that was this absolute need. How have you seen the needs of business owners change when it comes to marketing? because of all this stuff that we're dealing with. Basically, like what has changed about their website? What has changed about their local SEO? Should they swap ad platforms? We had a lot of conversation around like, should I be switching to Facebook instead of Google paid search? Should we be doing Google local service ads? Which my answer is every single time, absolutely yes. Uh, and how have you seen those things or needs accelerate, change, whatever from 2019 to today? I haven't seen a ton of change. And I think that goes back to the fact that most of my clients, when they hire me, they they set it, forget it, you know. And I, you know, we 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 do. I'm constantly looking at it myself and making determinations. But we tend to just what I, my approach is more of like if we're doing it at Fred's, they almost always want to say yes to it, which is fair because that means somebody is actually actively doing it. So for example, we rolled out on the on the websites this year Google Address Autocomplete. So when you're filling out an address on, on a web form, any time a web form had an address, it's going to ping Google. And we absorb that cost uh, as part of our monthly fees. We mm -hmm. didn't raise pricing. And I just rolled it out. It wasn't a matter of just saying, hey, do you want this? It was like, hey, we're using this as Fred's. It's making life way easier. I just put it on yours. Let me know if you have any questions. And the clients love it. Uh, at least they're, they're not complaining. <laughs> so that's, that's been my approach. And I even do that with online chat. If I'm doing their website now, I put it on there. I even log in as them, set up all the settings for them. Spoon feed it. Very similar to what you mentioned when you were talking about the texting situation from a web, from a web chat, yeah. whatever it takes for them to start using it. I'm trying to be like, here it is. It's free. You don't, unless you're ready to start using it, then you're going to have to start doing some payment, but it's all here. All you got to do is when you're in the mood, that, I mean, that's a fantastic answer. What has changed? Nothing has changed. You should be doing the same crap you should have been doing this whole time. None of the platforms have made hilarious updates. The market demand, the customer demand, and the way that we go about demanding things has not shifted that much. What we are demanding is still your service. The only real thing that has changed is how convenient are you? How honest are you? There you go. That's a good point. Yeah. It, the consumer's behavior has changed. Changed in a way that, as we were talking earlier, that we already kind of were seeing. 
We just only, it was a small percentage because you didn't have to figure out if your grocery store could deliver or not. It was only if you wanted them to. Now it's like, oh my God, I could die if I go to my grocery store. I definitely would prefer if they deliver. So now all of a sudden you've got folks at any age, any technical skill set trying to figure these things out. So just, you know, yeah, it's the consumer behavior that's changed. I'd agree with that for sure. The one question I would ask based on that, and then I'm going to move to quickfire questions is, I know I keep telling stories as a representation of context, but we grocery shop at Aldi mostly. And that's how I grew up. Aldi has moved to this service that allows you to, they have internal shoppers for you. And you can set that up and then they'll give you like a pickup time. You drive in, you park in the pickup spot in the parking lot. You, you get a text, right? That says your groceries are ready. You send them a text that says, you know, it's an auto response thing. It's not like you have to customize anything. You just click some buttons. This is the color of my car. I'm in spot number three um, and I'm ready. I'm here, right? And they walk out. You open up the hatch of your car, either right then before they walk out or like if you have an auto button or whatever, they load your groceries into the car, close the hatch and walk off. I will never go back. Yeah. Why would you go? Why would you do the work of the grocery store? <laughs> why would you go like that'd be like going to Amazon and picking out and procuring your own shit? Like, hey, gotta go down aisle seven, seven, seven hundred six. You know, it's like that makes no <laughs> makes no damn sense, right? Yeah, I'm with you. I that's the other thing too, where I'm just still so confused where I'm like, why is no grocery store like converted to the Amazon model at this point? Heinen's, Giant Eagle, all these, they're all still you still can come in and DIY, but we haven't like taken half the store and say, let's try and figure this shit out so we can roll out groceries ourselves. Right. Haven't done it. Uh, I guess I guess, you know. Apparently Aldi has stepped one step into this. And so so like they are they are doing what I just explained, which is I don't have to do my own shop. I now I just have place an order, show up, get the fulfillment, done. Target, actually, so I think my wife, Samantha, is like a beta user or something like that. So she got this early. But they have where you can, locally to us, because we have a Target about 10 minutes away, she can place an order. And I think it's a Target employee has that order at our door in like, two hours. Oh my God. What we, we, we said the same thing. We're like, we'll never be in target ever again. We'll never shop inside of Aldi ever again. Turn it into purely a warehouse. I don't want any of the rest of it. Drop my groceries in my car. The end. 85% of it should be a warehouse. <clears throat> 15% of it should be your display area. Yeah. So if you want that window shot, cause there's, I completely get there's people that like the shot. I'm not one of those folks, but, I know I get it. The Black Friday, I like to just go out and look and look at the new things. And yeah, stores have to adjust for that. You know, put your best. Uh, what was it, Dwight Schrute? Put your put your money beats up front. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the, the prime beats up yeah. on the front of the street. That's you know, we're not we're still going in the grocery store. You get to see the money beats, and you get to see the horrible ridiculous stuff that somebody picked up put in their shopping cart went outside didn't decide to buy it brought it back in put it back on the shelf like you're involved in all of that chaos with it absolutely for home service guys what are the things that are the stuff that we're talking about 
that won't ever go back. Like this is the new bar. This is no longer an option. This is the new bar, whether you will admit that or not. Live chat is no longer cool. It is mandatory. I feel like that was the case before COVID. I think the the thing that COVID changed specifically is deliver to the door of a customer's house is something you have to factor in no matter what your business model is. Whether it's mm. been a restaurant, you built your whole restaurant because you wanted to be on that corner with this many tables, you have to think about what do I need to do to get to that front door? Even if it's not my primary business model, just getting to that. So maybe it's like, I make a special spice with my steaks. I'm going to sell that shit and make sure it gets to the front door. So they remember me when they're tired of making their own steaks, <laughs> you know, something like that. So it's that I think is where we're, we're not going back. Everyone's going to have to have some type of what am I, what can I bring to their door mm. that I sell or that my service is. Excellent. Excellent. All right. This is it. I'm wrapping up uh, quick fire questions and then um, we'll close out on where people can find you. Quick fire questions is almost exclusively yes or no questions. So you're going to see me be like, oh, really uh, a lot, but uh, we're not going to dive in. Some of these things I think you've already answered, but I'm just going to run down the questions, all the same questions every single time. Quick answers, text, schedule themselves or use dispatch. Use dispatch. Job scheduling software you use or recommend. N-A. <laughs> I would need more information to recommend you one. Do you allow customers to leave voicemails? No. Do you allow people to submit contact forms? Yes. Do you text your customers? Yes or no? Yes. Do you collect customer emails? Yes. Do you use those emails? Yes and no. Yes in operational stuff? No, not really in marketing. But that's because okay. we're in appliance repair. As a service company, what is the best platform you could spend a dollar on on marketing right now? To, to, to accomplish something right now, Google Guaranteed would probably be where I'd point most field companies to go. Older or younger customers more loyal over time? I'm going to guess because I don't know. Younger. Ask every customer for an honest review, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. What is the one thing to remember? And maybe you don't experience this as much, but I, it sounds like you did. Um, I heard you, it sounds like you have a few like um, multi-unit owners, real estate people. Uh, so what's the number one thing to remember when working the first time for a multi-customer owner? So like a general contractor, a multi-unit retail uh, uh, real estate owner, what, what would be the one thing you would say, guys, you've got to remember this? If you treat them like any other customer, it should work okay, as long as you're treating your customers correctly. So that's, <laughs> I actually, uh, I mean, it, the, the thing with multiple is just making sure you're going to the right place at the right time. So that it's just making sure your communication's on point. Regular customers tend to want to chit chat more than somebody who owns stuff. They're usually busy. They got stuff to own and to maintain. So the idea behind that is just be, just be as prompt as you are with the regulars and they'll be just as happy. They'll be happier because they'll appreciate it more. What are the top three things you wish every customer knew? And I mean specifically homeowners. How to research, how to balance a checkbook, and how our economy works. If all three of them, if all three of those things we had a decent idea, we probably wouldn't have to educate as much. What are the top three books that you would recommend for trade service business leaders, specifically the owners and leaders of these companies? I read mostly on the internet now. I don't know if that's good or bad. 
but I tend to consume most of my content online. So I would recommend following three people on Twitter that mm-hmm. you really like because those people are going to drop knowledge all the time. I'll just pick out one that most people could follow just because he likes it anyway is Elon Musk. That guy is so active on Twitter for a billionaire, it kind of blows my mind a little bit because I know how busy he is, yet he will comment and post on such random scientific stuff. It's, it's, it's great because it's kind of neat to know what he's, he's doing. So if there's three people that are on Twitter that you like, I'm on Twitter and I'm sure you are, follow them. They tend to, they tend to drop better news than you'll ever get in a book because it's unfiltered. It may not be accurate, but it's unfiltered, authentic, and uh, it's engaging. And there's a chance that they'll talk back to you. And I think that's way more powerful than a book. Now, you may end up liking one of those people, then read their books. Uh, I would say that's the most interesting uh, answer to that I've ever gotten. And also, I think probably the most actionable following somebody on Twitter is so much easier than reading their book. Who do you think, if you don't mind, who would you nominate? to hear from on this podcast next? Who should I go try and say, will you please tell us all some things? Either Steve Scheinkopf. I don't know him personally. I'll send you the contact info. He is the blogging guy, marketing manager at Yale Appliance in Boston. They're t- like I was mentioning earlier, out of all the blogs in our industry, they're one of the few that I actually actively read because most of it is, you know, it's just not that valuable. But they share, they'll share what they sold last year, percentages and everything. Like, so you get an idea of like what's selling. One of the recent ones that I really liked, they just did a piece of content. Um, da, 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 da. I want to get the name right. Come on, it can't be that old. Um, top 10 appliances people are not buying. Ah. Which I, 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 I went into it kind of like guessing like which, what are they going to be? And I wasn't right on all of them. So it's uh, well worth the read. So YaleAppliance.com. I'll give them a special shout out. They've been extremely helpful with us at Fred Service. They've been um, very open and transparent to answering us when we have questions because they are bigger. So they, and they do self-servicing as well. So that's the other, there's a couple areas that they don't gamble in that we, that we, or mm-hmm. that we're not dabbling in. So that that's been very helpful and eye opening for us. So yeah, you should definitely uh, see if he'll, I have a very strong hunch. He'll say yes. That would be so awesome. Uh, every, well, and uh, the amount of like obvious respect for you have only makes me more excited to get a potential conversation. Last uh, we're we're rolling out. We might have to split this one into two episodes. I don't know. Um, closing and plugs. Basically, like if people want to know more about you, what you do, they want to know more about the academy. Where do they go? The best place to go for the academy is academy.fredsappliance.com, or you can go to academy.appliance. Either place will take you to the same location. Uh, there, you can learn about our online classes you can also learn when we will be bringing back our in-person classes which we hope to do at the sometime summer of 2021 is where it's kind of tentative at this point you can also find us at fluid services fluid dot services uh, my calendar is live on there i'm probably gonna regret saying that <laughs> you can set a special time to talk to me at any time and we can have just the same kind of conversation that you and i are having right now i'm just gonna schedule myself on there Every couple of weeks from now on. <laughs> it's not cool. We could definitely do this again. I'm always down. So awesome. Alex, it has been an incredible conversation. The person who does our production is going to cry because they're going to be like, you want me to pull how many clips from that episode? It's content, baby. That's what Gary Vee would say. Right. So, so much 
uh, so many like things that you said that I was like, well, I got to have that one, got to have that one, got to have that one, got to teach that one, going to put that in an email. That was awesome. Like um, absolutely dropping golden nuggets everywhere. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that you taking the time to do the clips. It's been on my to-do list to send content out, but I'm, you know, busy like most owners. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so I appreciate you guys doing this and taking the time and, and, and sharing this stuff. Two birds for one stone for me. That's right. So much fun. And plus, I, I mean, like, it just gives me an excuse to have these hour-long conversations with guys like you. All right. I'm going to shut it down. Thank you so much, uh, everyone who is listening. Um, we'll catch you next time. This has been another episode of the Home Service Leaders Podcast. And I hope that this inspires you to take the next step in growing your business. If taking an honest look at your marketing and getting a no-strings-attached plan sounds like the right next step for you, email me at nathan at moreleadsonline.com or just text 219-315-6476 and say HSL. Thanks for listening. Go kick some ass.